good morning everyone uh, for this uh, uh, first week of february uh, monday mona and we'll start with the prayer our loving heavenly father thank you lord thank you for this uh, beautiful morning time you have given us and as we come as we come to look up to you for this week mona master uh, you, we pray that you, know, you will give us your strength mercy and grace for this week master as richrangle speaks enable us to Uh, uh, enable us to enable us to follow uh, and obey whatever uh, that we hear today, and we completely surrender this time into your hands. We pray for people who say to join, bring them also, and those who have already joined, let them let them let them prepare their heart for what they have to hear. And we completely surrender this time into your hands. Let your name be glorified. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. And good morning, everyone. Uh, we have today Richard Uncle with us, the director of CBMC. Uh, over to Richard Uncle. it is a joy to be able to open the lord's word this morning uh, with you i've been thinking this these days i've been thinking about uh, the season that we are in and uh, in the last new newsletter also i had mentioned that that this time is a time of sifting time of sifting Uh, and then I went on to talk about other things. Uh, what is the time of sifting? Sifting is basically whatever action is permitted to see what is within. Sifting of grains to get the grain, so separated from the chaff. Uh, separation. Sifting is basically separating. In that context, I I want us to look at one of the parables of Jesus, Matthew chapter thirteen, verse twenty four onwards. The tares and the wheat, tares among wheat. Jesus presented another parable to them, saying, "The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man." Who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprouted and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, "Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares?" and he said to them an enemy has done this the slaves said to him do you want us then to go and gather them up he said no for while you are gathering up the tares you may uproot the wheat with them allow both to grow until together allow both to grow together until the harvest and at the time of harvest i will say to the reapers first gather up the tares and bind them up Uh, in bundles to burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. You see uh, a game happening here. God has planted his field, sowed it with good seed, and the enemy, you know, creeps in. He's not a creative enemy. He he only comes to destroy. He doesn't like what God does. He doesn't start something on his own. He always intervenes in in the work of God. 
And here God is creating, multiplying. God, God's uh, mathematics is always heavenly multiplication, not earthly multiplication. A lot of people are satisfied with that. One plus one, two, two plus two, four. Then some who are not satisfied with addition are earthly multiplication. But don't confuse that God is not uh, just, just earthly multiplication. His heavenly multiplication, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God's mathematics is much more uh, much more than earthly multiplication. From nothing, he calls for uh, you know anything that he wants, and nobody he makes as somebody. Uh, five loaves and two fishes are not earthly, uh, you know, multiplication. When it feeds five thousand men and then another equal or more women and children. Heavenly mathematics. So God's in the business of heavenly multiplication. And here the enemy wants decrease of God's uh, work. God's multiplication. He is jealous of God calling forth. And so what, is he, what does he do? He puts tasks, which is darnum. You look at the word of God, some commentaries, it says this darnel. Darnel looks exactly like wheat. Why is he putting something that look, resembles wheat? So he knows the master will not be happy with darnel and he'll pluck. And while he's plucking, while he's uprooting darnel, he'll also uproot wheat. And then what, what happens? Then the enemy comes and says, how, how did you touch your righteousness? <laughs> you, you, you attacked a righteous family. That's his goal. And, uh, you know, there is two things happening there. There is loss of grain there because the wheat is uprooted. And now the enemy comes to God and said, a righteous God did something very unrighteous. You destroyed. So that's, that's the reason. That's the enemy's reason. So, the angels that are the servants of God comes and come and ask, can we pluck? And God very wisely, very smartly says, no. Because when you pluck, you will pluck the wheat also. Verse 29. No, for while you are gathering up the tares, you may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And at the time of uh, harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. See, heaven got infiltrated. Heaven got infiltrated. Remember that. Heaven got infiltrated. That's where the falling away of angels happened. Earth got infiltrated. God's 
strategy for Earth also got infiltrated because the enemy was able to plant tears. Now, the new heaven and the new earth that God is creating, God wants only wheat. He only wants his children there. He doesn't want any tears to enter into the new heaven and the new earth. The new Jerusalem is to be only God's children. So, to ensure only God's children are there, that's why the sifting, that's why the testing, that's why the probing, the prodding, God is testing, testing with money. Some of, some of us are tested in some seasons of life with money to see what comes out of our heart, our mind, how we behave, how we consider ourselves, how we consider God, how we consider others, including the poor, how we consider even our loved ones. What do, and how we hold that treasure, money. Sometimes we have all seen it. God also tests without money, withholding money. Sometimes withholding what is rightfully supposedly ours. What supposedly belongs to me, he permits a delay in that money coming to us. A payment rightfully due, delayed. What does that due do to us? What does it do to my sleep? How do I handle it? Especially when that guy is another believer and he sits in the same church. <laughs> How do I believe, behave? Sometimes he permits seasons of lack of money to test us, to test our heart, to test who we are on the core. Various things he permits. Ill health, sicknesses. This last two years, COVID rampant all over, has been a time of testing. Hospital beds are places of rethinking of life. Misfortune is a time of rethinking. Something totally out of our control. Man gets to rethink. So what I'm saying is the season that we are living in, God is permitting everything, the turbulence everywhere, the violence, the nonsense, the chaos, uh, the diseases, the plague, the pestilence, the wars, are all permitted to test. And what does the angels have to do with any of this? They're not permitted to even touch. They're permitted only to stand and wait. They have no permission to come and take their tears and make life easy for the wheat. They're permitted 
The tares are permitted to grow right alongside you and me. To test us, to deprive us, because it's going to take every energy that I need. <laughs> and it doesn't have grains. So there is going to be a flourish. It's going to flourish. It will stand taller. It will be less uh, weighed down. There is no responsibility. The strategy of the enemy is to that, to discourage us with the life of carefree life. It looks carefree, the life of the tear. Nothing to bear, no weight to weigh it down. It's all about looking. Looks perfect, looks great, looks faster than the wheat. Grows faster and taller and more majestic than the wheat. If angels were not permitted to touch, do you and I have a role in anything to do with the tears? No. The minute you and I engage the tares, or lost in the affairs of tares, of containing the tares, of pointing out this is a tear, you know, take this out. <laughs> the minute you and I engage and are entangled with the tares, we lose our fruitfulness. The grains are fewer. Our energies are sapped. And we have given ourselves to something we cannot give ourselves to. That's what the enemy wants. That we would engage the tear and become fruitless. See, our singular way is to be fruitful, multiply. We have the DNA of God's image. We are made in God's image. God is the creator. He's put that in us to multiply. Everything that's needed for multiplication is put within us. Our singular call, singular duty, singular task is multiplication, even today. See, the more we multiply, the more in eventually we show the tares to be fruitless. See, multiplying wheat, growing new stacks and stocks and more grain, the more grain you and I have, more fruit we have, the more bent over we will be. We will not stand direct. The burden of bearing fruit, the, the burden of fruitful life, getting up early, praying, Going after people, chasing the lost, crying for the lost, the burden of a fruitful, abundant, you know, a, a productive life is the bent posture, <laughs> the bent over. You know, that's the best way to show the darnel, the tears around us. Because they're all standing straight. And the bent ones are the ones 
how do they differentiate between the wheat and the tare? The ones that are bent over are the wheat. The ones that are standing tall and erect and flourishing are the tares. Because they have no burden, nothing to bear, nothing to show. The call of God to us this morning would be, be fruitful. Give yourself to the only thing that counts. Multiplication. What multiplication? In God's eyes, the only thing that matters is human souls. Only treasure you and I can take to him is the souls of men and women. Because that is his breath. His image. <laughs> So, friends, this morning, if there is to be a call this morning, it is to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Seeking souls. The wise will seek souls, the word of God says. And all these things, Matthew, all these things will be added unto you. What all these things? Everything that you and your family and your business needs. So this morning, I would say very boldly, very humbly submit to you. Chase the kingdom of God wherever God's placed you. Seek the lost. Seek the lost. When business people around the world or around the nation are starting the week with a purpose for multiplying addition or multiplying worldly mathematics of wealth and money and prosperity. I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. There is a greater call on you and me. And the same God is saying, I am in control of wealth, prosperity and resources also. And I will be more than generous with you. The wheat and the tares are staring at us as a very, very open example, very clear example of what the enemy's game plan is. Is to distract you, is to confuse the angels, get us to entangle, lose our fruitfulness. Strategy of God is very clear. Stay away. Let it grow. Let it even flourish. And his call to us is continue to bear fruit. Continue to bear fruit. That's the best thing that you and I can do. So I want to challenge you this morning, my friend. Where are you in this journey? You see the sifting that God is permitting in all of our lives. Being, we are being given and tested. We are being denied something and being tested. We are, something is being delayed and we are being tested. You know, I, we've all grown up with a saying that sports builds character. More and more, I believe sports actually reveals character. It actually reveals character, how we play, how fair we are on the field actually reveals the character. 
how we would do whatever it takes to get that goal in, it actually shows what is inside of me. I don't know if it ever builds me, but it actually reveals what is within. Likewise, all that we do reveals who we are on the inside. And that's what God is seeking. He's testing. One verse says, He tests even our thoughts while it is still in the formative stage. Even before the word is spoken, he, He's testing the thought. <laughs> how, how, how concerned He is of what is within. How am I in my thought life? in my word, in my eyes, in my ears, in my heart. God is concerned about all of that. I know an outdated word, very few places you hear that, is the word holiness. We hear purity more, but we don't see, hear holiness enough. I want to place that word before you. Desire of this holy God is for holiness in his children. His, see, his desire is to show his face. Is that our desire also? Then we would look at our heart life, our thought life. I want to place that before you also. This time of testing. Let, our, let us submit ourselves to be tested. I'd rather that we go through the full-pronged testing and come out safe and approved rather than not go through testing and then be rejected at the end. I'd rather that my life is one of being tested I want to place that before you as you begin this week. May this year be one of being chosen by God, approved by God because of the fruitfulness of my life, because of the purity, the holiness in my life. Yes, we need God's help for that and he's willing to. He says, I'll, though your uh, sins are like scarlet, I will wash you whiter than snow. Every morning his mercy uh, uh, is new. His compassions are new every morning. That means he's saying, I'm willing to wash you again. I'm willing to forget everything from yesterday and wash you again. Shall we give ourselves to this great Heavenly Father who seeks <coughs> a people for Himself and is looking at us this morning, not as business people, not as the owner of this and that, not as landlord, as farmer, as executive. Those are all badges the world gives and the Lord is, is happy with that. Don't get me wrong. But his, what he looks for 
is do I do we resemble him? If I bear the image of God, if I am a child of God, do I desire his desire? May that may he find that in us. May he find that in us. Many people, we, we, we all know many friends and families and associates of people we know who have gone on. Those who have died this last year, you know, even last week, there were five people that I that I know who died last 10 days. Five people. You know, one of our own members, John Matthew, CBMC, uh, Chennai, lost a great man, John Matthew, a good friend. Another here at Madurai, Mr. Manohar. See, all, all who die leave behind a list of things they did not do. And a list, list of things that they did. The question is, did they leave behind the essentials that undone, tasks unfinished that were crucial in their journey with God? Or are they did all the things that the family, the work, and the employees, the friends, the church wanted? Did they finish all the tasks people gave them? Or did they wisely completed the task that God gave them? That's the question facing us. Everybody's dying everywhere. All over there's death. There's ending of this chance to make a difference. You and I have this chance to begin this day. Question is, am I, have I ticked off all the tasks that my Heavenly Father, that I'm going to face for eternity, has given me? Or have I ticked off all the other tasks given to me by my life, my world, my, you know, the here and the now? That doesn't really matter. And forgot postponed the tasks of my great I am, Heavenly Father. That's a question before us. All these five that died in the last 10 days are facing that question right now. Shall we pray? Father God, come to you for your grace that you would take us by our hand and disentangle us, free us from the things that don't matter, push us, make us cling to the things that truly matter. And all the while, remind us that we are being tested, that we are being sifted. And what is within is being looked at carefully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.